This episode is brought to you by Visit Myrtle Beach. You know what's better than getting away to a beach? Getting together at the beach. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They've got over 2,000 restaurants, live music playing all day and night, and endless attractions. This place was made for playing hard and beaching easy. Welcome to 60 Miles Where You Belong. The Beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Hello, I'm Josh Whittacombe. And I'm Rob Beckett. Welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell, the show in which Rob and I discuss what it's like to be a parent during lockdown, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, in an effort to make some kind of sense of the current situation... And to make me feel better about my increasingly terrible parenting skills... Each episode we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how well they're coping. Or hopefully not. And we will be hearing from you, the listener, with your tales of lockdown parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, none of us know what we're doing. Hello and welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell with... Ready? Say Josh Widdicombe. Josh Widdicombe. Oh, Very good. Cute. Very cute. Who's that, Josh? That is four year old Millie, daughter of Gemma Summerton. She has mild hearing loss, which has affected her speech development, but I think she's done a pretty good job considering. Yeah, she smashed that. Yeah, absolutely smashed that. Uh, thank you to Millie. Thank you to Gemma, who's um, described our podcast as a comedy life boy in a sea of awfulness during lockdown. <laughs> nice. That's, I thought we should put that on a... We don't have posters, do we? No. Do you reckon we should start doing posters? I don't know whether that <laughs> like fly is... Fly Do you think we should? Do you think we should start flyering door-to-door? We could pay someone to go door-to-door flyering. I reckon we should do flyering outside... Um, oh, it's probably an absolute COVID nightmare, that, isn't it? Flyering. You do fly... You can't yeah. just hand oh, out yeah. little bits of paper to commuters <laughs> all panicked about going back to the office in September. Hello, have that, have that, have that. Shouting in their faces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably just easier just to go on Steve Wright again, isn't it? That's probably got more cut through. Or can everyone listening to this just tell two people today to listen to it? Or don't or good thing to do is or just grab their phone and subscribe to it. Like your if your your granddad, he's got loads yeah. of unused like stories. Two album that just yeah. ended up on people's iTunes. Yeah, just do that. So grab that grab an old person's phone and then just subscribe to it and it'll just keep downloading it and it'll look like they're listening to it, even if they're not. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Is that Perfect. a good idea? Yeah, I think that is a good idea. I like that idea. Yeah, okay, let's do that uh, rather yeah, than do posters. Subscribe, old people, to this podcast. But yeah. the problem will be then suddenly our um, demographics on iTunes and the uh, yeah. software will skew massively. And people are like, there's loads of 80-year-old people who've all subscribed <laughs> yeah. on the same day. And I'll be like, hey, Josh, have you heard about these uh, pants you wear that when you piss yourself? <laughs> they're great. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't crops comfy? <laughs> um, how are you, Rob? 
I'm pretty good, you know. Um, kids are all behaving back at school now, so I've got a bit more time to myself. And also, I, I remembered when I went on that camping trip, um, when it wasn't windy, it was really sunny, right? And um, I got a bit of feedback on my parenting by another one of the parents. And oh, right. you don't realise what you're doing. What, face-to-face? Face-to-face, yeah. It was red hot and sunny, and then we'd been on the beach, and then we went to have fish and chips, and was on this bench, and it was like, there was no cloud, there was no umbrellas, so it was like red hot, and everyone's, they've all got like two-year-old, four-year-old, like, oh, this is too hot for the kids. We had input cream on them. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's too hot, I hate it. And I'm trying to like sit beside them and cover them up. And in the end, I went... What about a special under the table floor picnic? And oh. and the kids are like, yeah, that'd be fun. Basically, they just sat on the floor and ate chips, but like under a table, under a table. But they were in shade, right? So it's quite yeah. a good idea because it kept them quiet. They were safe under there and they weren't getting burnt, right? And then he said to me, this bloke went, "You, you just sell stuff like it's the best thing ever, even though it's a crap option." I will say, he is aware of your career. <laughs> He was talking about my stand-up. <laughs> Maybe they weren't parenting. <laughs> but he was like, you just, like, and before, like, the kids, when we was out camping, the kids were, like, getting a bit moody. And I went, like, how about we go in your special bed with your teddies and watch your iPads? And I realised I sell stuff like I'm a kid's TV yeah, presenter. Exactly. And, I, and I could just... Wow, have there, but for the grace of God. <laughs> so, I, and it was like, I didn't realise I'd do it. But basically... I find that I work out what I want them to do, and then I, in my head, just fork away a way of selling it as like the most exciting thing ever for a kid. See, that's much better than my attitude, which is I'll attempt to half-heartedly sell something, fail, and then think, "Oh fuck this!" Then we'll just do what the child. Yeah, this is a write-off. Yeah, that's the skills you have from Columbia Road at four a.m. on a Sunday morning, Rob. <laughs> exactly. You're a salesman. I'm a salesman. Yeah, so I think that's what it is, really. Where, how, what age do you think that will carry you through till? Like, do you, do you think, like, that would work with a 12-year-old? Like, what age is your yeah. child going to go, oh, fuck I'll it, it. I'll leave it out, mate. But, yeah, because other option is going, do you want to sit on the floor and eat your chips? Yeah. Is a no, isn't it? Did you get under the table yourself? No, they did. So you just told them to go under the table? Yeah, which actually, like, written down, don't, I always think, that's not great in an email, does it? Like, Rob, no. <laughs> Rob just forces children to eat chips on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, that, that, so I found that quite interesting because I didn't realise I did it. But now he's pulled it up, I yeah. realise that I go into salesman mode. It's rocket shoes all over again, or whatever it was. Yeah, isn't it? exactly. It's just just working out what it is you want them to do and sell it and selling it. Week on week, we should have a challenge on the podcast where you see what kind of shit you can sell to your children. Yes. What can Rob make his children do through pure salesmanship? <laughs> Yeah, give me a challenge. Give him a challenge. Oh, the other thing <laughs> I do is I do soldiers. So if they, if I wanted to get into tidy, I go, right, soldiers, report for duty, line up, soldiers. And I get them to line up and then get them to like, salute. Mm. And we do like a march. And then I go, your mission is to get all of these toys in this. Let's go. And I'm, I'm like a sergeant major. And they love that. Oh, wow. That works. You are like a proper kind of, you are like a parent from a CITV show, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, but I've, I've just got a lot of energy. And I, my voice sounds like a kid's entertainer. Yeah. So it, I didn't realise it did, but yeah, it does. But anyway, that was, I didn't notice I did that until this bloke pulled me up on it. I think that's, I think that's a very good skill set to have in parenting. Yes. But you didn't realise you had it. And now are you going to be self-conscious about it or are you going to doubly embrace it? That's the question. Oh, you know me. I'll double, I'll double, double you double down in any situation. <laughs> I'll double down in any situation. Don't worry about that. Um, but yeah, so I, I didn't realise that was one of my techniques. So if you've got um, anything you want Rob to try and make his children do within the, you know. Oh God, yeah, that sounds a bit awkward, doesn't it? Like some sort of child whisperer. Um, also, uh, I, I think because of, 
because of the we're recording these ahead of time due to people going on holidays. Where are you going on holiday? Are you allowed to say? I am going to uh, Canberra Sands. Oh, oh yeah, very nice. Got an Airbnb. It'll be very nice. It'll be very pleasant. Your children will be back at school by then, Rob. Yes. Have you taken your daughter on a, on an overseas holiday yet? Yes, we went to uh, Greece. Yeah, uh, for a week two years ago. Two years ago. Oh right. So she would have been like eleven months. Yeah, and we got away with the flight, but you're basically it was three hours, and you're oh. basically seeing it in like five minute increments, aren't you? If I can just get her through the next five minutes by rattling these keys, and like I remember when she did a shit, I was absolutely <laughs> delighted. God, so you could get up. Going to change her in the toilet—that's at least five to ten minutes killed straight away with doing something rather yeah. than sitting there panicked. You're just looking for things to do to distract her, yeah. and. Changing her on a small table in a tight little toilet is absolutely perfect. It's like a kind of escape room game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, my mate's gone to Turkey and he's got a one-year-old and a three-year-old. And I said, how was the flight with the kids? And he replied, a four-hour living hell. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, she <laughs> held it together, thank God. Oh, good. And then we went to a place that was was very nice. We had a lovely time. Oh, so. Wow. It was a success. I'm just quite anxious the whole time that you can't enjoy your holiday because you keep checking the news, especially the job we do. You can't, we can't do quarantine. I, I, don't, I don't want to be in a situation where I have to rush back from Greece so that I don't yeah. get put in quarantine and have to watch you sitting in my seat on the last leg for two weeks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. That'd be infuriating. <laughs> Absolutely. Although I am hoping for lockdown in Melbourne, obviously, before the series restarts. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, how have you been though, Josh? Um, oh, I've been okay. All right. Okay. Oh, so I've, I've got two things to discuss. Also, we still need to talk about your getting drunk story. Uh, we well, will let's, do that. Let's show me as a as a nice person first. Okay, fair. Or enough. should we get it out of the way? Let's get it out of the way for the listeners. Do you want to get it out of the way for the listeners? Shall I tell it? And then, I think it's fair if I tell it and then you correct me. Yes, because I was I was much more sober than you. So this would be two Christmases ago. Yeah, in a fancy like members club that i've never been in before or since <laughs> yeah so we were at a fancy christmas drinks held by a celebrity yes the kind of thing i never really get invited to <laughs> then the, the celebrity drinks i'm usually invited to end with you and tom allen drunk at 1am having a go on your exercise bike yeah. in your shed <laughs> yeah this was a bit more top level wasn't it top brass this was this was top brass i'm gonna say it richard bacon was there yeah. it was top brass <laughs> Um, who I've never met, but um, I have heard he's absolutely lovely. Anyway, um, oh, I've got I've got an addendum to this as well, by the way, Rob. Yeah, go on. Um, so anyway, it was it was one of those places where they just pour you champagne, <laughs> which I've never really been in oh. that situation where it's just on tap. <laughs> and also, I can't drink champagne because it makes me throw up. It, it makes you hiccup, doesn't it? And like- it makes me hiccup and then throw up. And so inevitably, I threw up in the middle of the room while we were talking to Danny Baker's daughter. Yes, so it was that kind of it was that kind of party. Yeah, but you don't you don't throw up. What you do is you do like these weird little barks where you go. Urgh! Yeah, it's, sort of like, it's almost like an acid reflux. Have you seen Have you seen the show Woof, where the boy turns into the dog? That's actually what's happening to me. <laughs> yeah, so it's like you sort of go Urgh! like that, and a little bit comes out, but it's not a full six. So, but do you know what? I was talking to my wife last night about how I haven't thrown up in about a year. Well, and yeah, I think that is a a grim reflection on how badly my private life's going in terms of going out. Well, we'll, we'll, fin- we'll finish your side of the story and then I'll, I'll 
put the piece Well, no, together. correct me as we go. And then you stepped in like an absolute hero and kind of shepherded me down some stairs to the toilet and then went back and cleaned up after me. Well, yeah, so it was me and you. We were talking to uh, Body Baker and Danny Baker got off somewhere. Lou was there and Rose was there, okay? You did yeah. a, like a little bark thing, right? And yeah. you just were sick a little bit and it sort of landed like a dog was being sick. Like it landed a little sort of like... Oh. Like tidy, like mini pizza. I can't tell you how many bubbles I had inside me at this point. <laughs> it was like a, it was the size of I'd say like a um, a little splat of like a cheeseburger, right? A little tiny cheeseburger splat on the floor when you went like that. As you did that and did that sick, your wife and my wife and Danny Baker's daughter just turned away and walked away immediately, oh abandoned you, right? Yeah. You then turned around to see where they were going and was stood, I'd say, probably about 30 centimetres away from the back of Andrew Lloyd Webber's head. Now, I'm going to say it, Rob. Yeah. You say that throwing up on Andrew Lloyd Webber would ruin some career chances for me. I think yeah. you've totally misjudged where you see my career going. No, but what I'm saying is you were stood there and as you were about to do another weird little sick burp, I grabbed you by the arms and just pointed you in the corner of the room and you were sick in the corner. But if you'd been, you were facing the whole party. So yeah. if you were sick of Andrew Lloyd yeah. but everyone would have seen it. And I can't imagine yeah. he would have taken it well, right? No. And then, so I just dragged you down the stairs like a bouncer and you was being, doing loads of little burger sicks all the way. And I threw, <laughs> and you went, I'll be all right. I went, no, you won't. I threw you in a cubicle and I had to take loads of tissue and I had to follow it like Hansel and Gretel, this little trail of <laughs> Widdicombe patties. I'm just scooping up this sick all the way to the corner of the room. And somehow no one noticed. And no I can't noticed. believe it. And, but, and that was fine until you said it on uh, Britain's fourth most popular <laughs> podcast. You were so close to being sick on Andrew Lloyd Webber's head. And part of me can't believe I didn't allow that to happen because what? A, how much better would the story have been? Oh, my God. I wonder whether, I mean, that would have, it would have at least ended up in the bizarre column of The Sun. Dan <laughs> Woodson would have been all over that. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so then Charlie Brooker, who's a very nice man, was there. Yeah. And I, I was confident that he'd seen the situation. Then we had him on Hypothetical last series. Yeah. And... I was so stressed the whole day because I was thinking, I haven't seen Charlie Brooker before or since that incident. I'd never met him except in that situation. Yeah, yeah. but it, it, did he mention it? Yeah, it was the first thing he said. He said, <laughs> last time I saw you, and I thought, here we fucking go. But he was absolutely lovely about it. What did he say? He was just like, oh, yeah, that was funny, wasn't it? And also, I, I've got this thing where if I see someone being sick, I want to be sick myself. And I thought, he's taken this very well. <laughs> Oh, Charlie Brooker that. is one of the nicest people you will ever meet, which is yes, he considering is his reputation as a kind of you know, it's always the ones that are like Frankie Boyle is such a nice person, yeah, really nice, but you don't expect it. Like, yeah, I, I Do you would... know, you don't want to trust anyone that's too nice on screen, Rob. Anyone yeah. that's too nice on screen, <laughs> you, you, you say about me, you saying I'm a no. woman. <laughs> I'm just trying to let the audience know. Oh, hang on, what is this podcast? Is this podcast now the 3am girls? What, what have we become? <laughs> Let's talk about parenting. Right, what was okay. you going to say about your parenting thing? Oh, so I've got a genuine question about the parenting. Yep. Two genuine questions about parenting. Number one, since daughter going back to nursery and then I'm kind of w- working much more full time, mm. absolutely lurched into her being obsessed with Rose and not not being a fan of me again. Mm. And I wondered, have you had this situation, Rob, with a two-year-old where basically you go away and you you work full time and then suddenly you're in the bad books and it's an absolute nightmare. 
because there's pressure on the time you're with them. And I wondered whether loads of people are having this at the moment. I hope they are, because it's a, if it's just me, I'm having an absolute nightmare. So she just hates you at the moment. I'd say sixty percent of the time. Oh, it's, yeah, I and yeah, I I had this when I was working loads and touring, and then you feel really guilty because when you come back and you're home for like a couple of days, they just don't want to know and they just want their mum all the time. Yeah, but I, it's different now. I've got two because the two year old doesn't want to know me at the moment, but then it means a four year old is like, oh, I love daddy. Because it's like a competition, then, so it's yeah. like we just sort of it's it it just they go through phases of like then the the two year olds all over me and then the four year olds all over a mum. But I do I think it's just a phase that they go through. But what you do is because you've got like that guilt. What was the best way to deal with it? Because part of you wants to go well, not like vocally, but just go oh fuck you then. But I, <laughs> I mean, what an, what an approach! I'd love that. Record that and what? Like I read some I read an article and it was like you should tell them how it makes you feel. But then I'm like, I don't want to put that on her. Oh, no, that's too needy. It's a really difficult situation. Do you know what I mean? I don't think you need to do that. I, I, I pull them up on stuff when they go like, you're not my best friend. I'll say, well, that's not very nice. That's a bit of a mean thing to say. So they say, it's actively say something mean. I say, that's not a very nice thing to say. Yeah. But that thing of like, I'll just sit them down and talk them through it. Fuck off. She's two. She don't know what's going on. <laughs> and also, some days I don't like anyone as well. Let her have that day. You know, imagine, imagine the grown-up. I always try to think like, sort of treat him like a grown-up, right? Imagine if you went to work one day and it was a per- your colleague was like a bit off of you. You'd just be like, oh, I've been a bit of a dick today. I'll give him a swerve. Like, you wouldn't be like, uh, I just want to let you know that like the way you just grabbed that email off me, like really make, you know, like that, I printed it out for you actually. It really made me feel like bad that you grabbed it off. I you. love your idea of what an office is. Just printing print someone out, out an email. Printing out, out an email for someone else <laughs> and then it being grabbed off you in a weird manner. Is it obvious that I've worked in an office for a long time? <laughs> <laughs> what they're doing and just printing out emails and filing them. Could you just print out this emails for me and pass it to me? There are yeah, loads that's, of that's your job. older people in offices that have to have emails printed out for them, though, which makes me laugh. Of course. It's like the founders of, of the company, like multi-millionaires, and they're like, print out them emails for me. I can't be, can't be dealing with all them screens. <laughs> um, so is it a general thing that happens to a lot of people, do you think? Well, I think so. I mean, if there's anyone listening and it's happening to you and uh, let us know. What are your tips and techniques? Because yeah. I, I just sort of let them ride it out as a phase. But yeah. if you have got a technique, I haven't got one. But what if I'm still letting her ride it out at 16? And I'm thinking, just hold on in there. She's going to change her mind in a minute. Well, I think that I think we are, you know, as you know, men that are parents of daughters, we are staring down the barrel of a five-year sort of purgatory. They don't even talk to us. They're going to just ignore it from like the age of like 13 to 18. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I, I've made my peace with that. But I'll be annoyed if I lose the first 13 years before that as well. Yeah, what's the point? The distance now closing up. I've only got 11 years until that purgatory starts. Yeah, it's like having a cat. They just wander off. Never see him. <laughs> Come back for food. Um, so, yeah, I'd be interested in people's tips on that because um, and what you've done. Mm. And whether you just ride it out or whether there's things you can do, because I'm not going to lie to you, Rob. It was a tense watch of Moana yesterday. Oh, uh, great film, though. Great film. First time I've watched a film, right? So we've been watching the songs on YouTube. Yeah. Right? Because we started watching the Frozen songs and then it started showing the Moana ones, which are better. And then we watched the film. But whenever we got to one of the songs in the film, she'd make us fast forward it because she didn't understand that they were part of the film. Uh, and she thought we'd turned it on to something else. So she's like, no, I want to watch the film again. It was a really bizarre situation where we've watched all the songs and then we watched the film without the songs. And one day we're going to put them both together. Oh, it's going to be an absolute mind-blowing experience. 
This episode is brought to you by Visit Myrtle Beach. You know what's better than getting away to a beach? Getting together at the beach. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They've got over 2,000 restaurants, live music playing all day and night, and endless attractions. This place was made for playing hard and beaching easy. Welcome to 60 Miles Where You Belong. The Beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Hi, I'm going to whisper some things to you now about Crunch Chocolate Bars. Because apparently this whispering thing is a thing that makes you feel things. It's saying something crunchy is coming in the candy wrapper language. Mm. Imagine your tongue hiking up those crispy, rocky ridges. Now, drum roll, please. Wow, that's good. Crunchy, munchy chocolate doesn't whisper. Turn up the fun with Crunch. Frozen 2. The songs in Frozen 2 are absolute bangers. Yeah? Is Frozen 2 good? Yeah, brilliant. better than the first one. Is it? Big time. How would you rank Moana and the two Frozens? I'd go Frozen 2, Moana, then Frozen 1. I'm not a massive fan of Frozen 1. I like Let It Go, but I'm not a massive fan of it. I love Zootropolis is really good. Um, the yeah. first Secret Life of Pets 1 was great. Number 2 weren't great. I think it's because that had to replace Louis C.K. because he kept on wanking on himself. So I think that yeah. was a bit of a you know quick turnaround. His secret life turned out to be um, yeah. far worse than that. Secret uh, life of pets. You never know what they get up to when they're in the doors all day, wanking <laughs> on their chests. <laughs> Have we run out of steam? No, I've got emails. I've, I've, mate, I've never run out of steam. Oh, I was going to say one more thing. I was going to say one more thing. I just meant as a podcast in general. Um, <laughs> this, I had an argument in a the production office about that where we was doing 8 out of 10 cats and it was most talks about people of the year. And one was Jamie Oliver. And I said, why are we doing, ja- why are we doing Jamie Oliver? Like He's not really done much this year. He went, oh, right, how comes? Like, you're running out of steam on him, are you then? I went, I've never run out of steam in my fucking life, mate, <laughs> across, <laughs> across an office. How dare you? I will talk <laughs> until you tell me not to. I've never, I've never run aground in my life. Um, now, another thing I wanted to uh, discuss with you, yeah. Rob, genuine uh, parenting concern. Yeah. So your daughter's now one, one's at preschool, do you call it, rather than nursery? Uh, preschool... Yeah, it's preschool. Yeah, because it's school hours and school holidays. So she does like nine till three and then the four-year-old started primary school. Yeah. So with the primary carers and carers in nursery, I feel such an a gratitude of debt towards them. Yeah. I've probably never felt to anyone in my life. <laughs> Do you feel it? So I, I first felt it, you feel it with like the midwives and stuff in the hospital. Yeah. Like this insane gratitude. And like almost guilt that they're better people than you because of what they've done. <laughs> yeah. And then you go to um, nursery and you just feel like, oh my God, I owe these people so much. They're so amazing. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel this or is this just me? And then I was thinking, how long is this going to go on? Am I going to be feeling this towards primary teachers? Then I'm going to feel it towards like secondary teachers as well. I, I get what you mean. When I stand at the preschool gates and I see 30 kids run into a room all with a bag and a coat. And I just think, imagine being in that room. Yeah, I just, it's it's an astonishing job. Yeah. But I feel a genuine, like, guilt towards them that they are looking after my child. And meanwhile, I'm attempting to write some fucking jokes about Jamie Oliver. Do you know what I mean? And like, <laughs> Well, no, but I think it's because, you know, but the same way as, like, people would think, oh, my God, I couldn't go on stage and do a stand-up. That would, like, stress people out. But no one no one feels a gratitude towards us, Rob. And if no, they no, do, not they not gratitude, to... but I don't... I obviously feel a gratitude towards, like, people when they have my kid all day. But I feel a bit more like, oh, my God, I couldn't cope 
doing that no. job. I just like I'd just have a meltdown after about ten minutes. How long do you think you could do a day at nursery as a teacher? I reckon I'd do half hour and then I'd go to the toilet and try and drag out a shit. You'd be able to do all your sergeant major stuff and stuff. Yeah, but it's different though as well. If your kids have all grown up and you love kids and stuff. Like I used to love kids. Like when I was like in the shop and then like someone coming with a baby, I'd be like, oh, and I'd be that shop worker that would be like doing silly faces and make them laugh and mess about. Now, I have got no time for other kids. Like I just can't, I can't oh, engage with it. I don't want to do a puzzle with someone less. else's kid. I'm like, no offense. Your kid seems lovely. You're a lovely couple. I am at my absolute limit with engaging with children. Like I, I'm done, right? And it's no, no offense, but I don't want to be involved in it. Get them away from me. There's going to come a point, Rob, when your daughter has other children around to play and the parents won't come around to play. And you're going to have to look after kids that you couldn't give a flying fuck about, mate. <laughs> No, no, no. I get really like when they give a bit of attitude back. Because uh, I've just been like, you fucking what? Like, you can't do that to someone. <laughs> and you've got no control. But what I would say is, you're, you know, obviously your daughter's younger, but even now, at like nearly five, she's four and a half, nearly five, my eldest, she will just like, if she has a mate over, they'll go and play in a room with them. You don't, you start, you don't have to be fully involved in the play now. Yeah. It's not like with, with, especially for you, as you know, your daughter's younger and you've got one, you are, it is quite intense one on one. But once she gets older and has mates around, they do just play on their own. Yeah. So I think with the, the nursery stuff, as you get older and you have a bit more time and a bit more sleep, you realize they're not having the kid at home in the morning or in the evening. So when they go in nine till three to look after them, eight, eight, eight till five, mate, eight till five. What do you do? Do you get do you get them a, a a Christmas present or end of term present? Your nursery teachers. Of course we do, mate. And obviously you you try and go big so that you blow the other parents out of the water so that your child gets the best treatment. Yeah, of course. That's, that's how that's how society works, isn't it? You'd have to be an idiot not to. Um, Josh, I've got a um, salty tale. Do you want a salty tale? Yeah, go on. Um, this one's about me. A bit of a change. Yeah. Um, here we go. So, hello, Rob and Josh. Do you remember it? Yes, I do, but I think it's very unfair. Here we go. So, it's just... Uh, da, da, da. Anyway, here is my salty kind of towel. Everyone is bashing Josh. This one is about Rob. Last September... <laughs> no, 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 that's unfair. Was that? Bashing you? Everyone's not bashing Josh. There's been a few emails, most of them being absolutely, you know, dismissed out of hand. I think you are resting face salty. That's your problem. I think if you're not engaged in a conversation, you look salty, even though you're not. Well, I've been waiting for an email to come in. I don't think it will, because obviously they're not a listener to the podcast. Yeah. But um, I went for lunch with my uh, wife the other day, and there was a um, bass-heavy song being played. <laughs> As a joke, I started kind of doing a, an amusing mime of someone playing the bass guitar. Yeah. And then I, I just clocked straight in the eyes someone who recognised me. Okay. And I thought they must think that I am an absolute dickhead. Oh, I think that's okay. You're just having a bit of fun. You're out. You're excited. I you're don't want to be the guy that plays bass guitar, slap bass guitar <laughs> in the middle of my neighbours, the dumplings. Um, now, because we do this salty thing, every time I interact with anyone out and about, I'm just constantly salt worried. So do you go to them? Uh, do you listen to the podcast? And they go, no. And you go, fuck off then. <laughs> yeah. Or if they say, yeah, I go, fuck off, you salty bitch. <laughs> And then they've got an email. It's a bit of content, isn't it? Homegrown content. Bit of content. So, so this is what. So I did a gig the other week, an outdoor gig in a pub beer garden in uh, down in Brighton Way. Anyway, so I get back in my car. And everyone's social distance. Everyone's apart. Blah blah blah. Anyway, I get in my car and then I see a drunk woman and drunk man coming over to me. And I've, I'm in the car, window down, like Harry Redknapp on transfer deadline day, right? And they come over, and I knew it was going to be trouble because the geezer couldn't walk, and he shouted, 
fucking Wu-Tang Clan. Out loud for no reason. I don't know why. What time was it? Sorry. About half nine in the evening. All oh, right, yeah. Fucking Wu Tang Clan. I was like, oh god. And they went, and they went, can we get a picture? I went, yeah, cool. So the, the... did he think you're in the Wu Tang Clan? <laughs> no, I don't know what he thought, but I, I, I don't think members of the Wu Tang Clan drive a Nissan Qashqai of a roof box. Um, I don't think that's a whip. No, no, I don't think it is. Either way, I was on guard because I thought this guy's going to be lively. So as his partner comes over, she sort of does a selfie with me in the background. He, right, remember that we're in a pandemic here. He leans into the car, puts his arm around me and cheek to cheek for a photo. Oh, my God. And I went, mate, like, this is it's a fucking coronavirus. I've, I, like, I've had to do a gig outside to a social distance table. You're basically getting off with me. That and is I, and then mad. I went, oh, fuck, oh, and I sort of got his arm. I went, fuck off, mate. Like, he was like wrapped around me. Like, also as well, like an arm around your head outside of a car is a bit much. Yeah. He led in the car. That is totally unacceptable. That feels more like a carjacking than yeah. a selfie. And I went, oh, fuck off, mate, will you? And then as I did that, and then I had the picture of him like from further away, I drove off and I went, that's a salty email, isn't it? <laughs> At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Do you remember how we were talking about um, someone's kid who was into tarpaulin? Oh, yeah. So this is from Sarah Hellyer. Still not parent, but one of my friend's kids, when he was six or seven, was obsessed with lawnmowers. He would want any catalogs with lawnmowers in. He could tell you the specs of different ones and going to B&Q to look at mowers was his favourite day out. As much as I don't like lawnmowers all that much, it was pretty fascinating to see a six-year-old be that knowledgeable about a niche subject. (laughs) You get action (laughs) advice from him. Yeah, exactly. If you were buying a lawnmower, you'd have to go to a six-year-old. I love, I love it when kids are into sort of like really niche stuff. Yeah, and I, I think they, I think they normally it's at like primary school. And then when they get to secondary school, they got to pretend they're just like football and fighting. Yeah, or something. but when you're at primary school, also at that age, if you're interested in something, you just absorb everything. Yeah, like the reason I know so much about like football from that '90s period is you could absorb every single fact that yeah. you just took in and now i couldn't tell you anything that's going on in football really, no even though i follow it but i could tell you like who was in all the panini albums all of that stuff is still in my brain yeah it's weird isn't it like i could tell you like the players that played for england like darius Russell, michael ricketts so these random players that got like one cap but now i don't know who's in the england i, don't, I, I no. literally could tell you the starting lineup is for the england team no, no, exactly. I could, I could struggle to tell you so much that I sh- should nominally know as someone who follows football. But were you to ask me something from about 1991, it's still there. And 
that kid is going to know so much about lawnmowers for the rest of his life. He's got to start a lawnmower company, isn't he? Surely. He's got. He's got to, He's got to start a lawnmower museum, mate. There's got. <laughs> there, there needs to be a lawnmower museum. But kids that are into very niche subjects um, do keep them coming in. We've got tarpaulin and we've got lawnmowers. I've got a great. Uh, I've got a great uh, message on Insta about <laughs> the sperm bank. Do you want this? Story? Oh yeah, yeah, go on. I have the worst story for visiting a sperm bank. I'll leave him anonymous in case you don't want this. I turned up and another dad had taken his three-year-old daughter who was asking him lots of questions in the waiting room. So when it was my oh turn my to God. enter the room, all I could hear was a girl on the other side of the door asking why I'd entered into a room and what I was doing. I don't think the dad with the daughter was there for the donation, but I think he was probably there for some sort of test or oh, appointment. Yeah, yeah, and he was obviously couldn't get childcare, so he's not there for yeah. that reason. He's taking yeah, his yeah. kid. For yeah, another yeah, appointment. Yeah, yeah, I very much hope so. But the waiting the waiting room is outside the sperm bank room. Oh, oh my god. The wank cupboard, right? So this poor fella, it was his turn to enter a room, and all I could hear was a girl on the other side of the door asking why I'd entered into a room and what I was doing. Oh and my I, god. So he's trying to do he's trying to do a sperm donation. You can hear this child talking <laughs> about stuff. And he said, I had to stay sitting there for 20 minutes until the girl left before I could attempt oh to open the ball bags. Oh, my God. I got a weird look from the technician when leaving as I'd been in there for so long. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to put you off, on it? Surely. Yeah, that is absolutely unacceptable. But I don't think, you know, I mean, obviously, I don't know the situation with that guy's childcare. But come yes. on, mate. This isn't the place. <laughs> um, on that slightly dodgy territory, then, you know, we were talking about um, showers. This is from Rachel Tuckett. Um, I've just listened to this week's podcast and I heard you discussing showering with your children. Reminded me of a story I thought you'd enjoy. My partner's daughter was around two and he was having a shower with her. She was sitting on the floor of the shower playing with her toys while he minded his own business having a wash. After a couple of minutes, he felt something a little odd. He looked down and saw that he was being noshed off by one of his daughter's toy dinosaurs. So she was obviously had used the toy dinosaur. She was doing some joke where it ate his penis. <laughs> no, no, I just can't get over the word noshed. I know. I mean, it's a, it's an interesting use of word from Rachel Tuckett. But obviously, the daughter doesn't realise that the dinosaur's mouth going at his penis is in some way reminiscent of of noshing. He's, of she noshing. just thinks it's eating. She just thinks it's eating. I, I think this is the. I mean, this is the eternal problem with with showering with children. If I'm honest yeah. with you, I find the whole thing very stressful. The showering with children. I might, I might, I might take up your Victorian uh, approach to it, Rob, from now on. I know. I don't know what the. I don't know what the right thing is anymore, Josh. Do you? It's hard. No, to know, mate. Isn't it? It's difficult, isn't it? In this modern day, this yeah. is from Lee Carter, Rob. Go on. Hi guys. Um, I thought you'd like to hear mine and my wife's recent parenting fail. Our son Stanley is 13 months old. In the last few months, he started using a new cup for water. The cup in subject is a Munchkin 360. <laughs> it's just a fun... What's a name? Because Munchkin and 360 are from such different worlds. Yeah, it sounds like a skateboard move. <laughs> so he's using the Munchkin 360. Oh, I see Tony Hawk with the Munchkin 360. I love Tony Hawk. The bloke's about 70. That is my only reference to a skateboard. Of course it is. And it always will be. If you're not aware of these cups... They're that it's the non-spilled cup. It's the one where the thing goes the whole way around with the rubber. Do you know that? That's why uh, it's three sixty. 
yeah, as opposed to the Munchkin One Eighty, presumably. Yeah, it's just you know, it was, a, it was always at fault, really, wasn't it? You know, it was always leaking yeah. from one side. You need the three sixty or nothing. You need the three sixty. Our fail happened when Stan threw his club on the floor, and we noticed some black brown substance next to it on the floor. As I picked up the Munchkin three sixty and looked at the substance, it was coming from the cup. Oh. To our horror, we noticed that the middle runner section should be removed when cleaning. And we had been allowing him to drink from the mouldy cup for a oh, week. Oh, no. Isn't that unbelievable? Oh, God. I mean, this is some terrible PR for the Munchkin 360. It's a terrible... They're going to be furious if, for this. If you've got a Munchkin 360, I'm sure it's very clear that you're meant to take off the rubber oh, bit God. and clean it. It's, oh, that, I could just feel what the parents would have felt. You just feel so yeah. bad. Luckily, oh, he wasn't ill, and this has probably helped his immune system, right? Keep up the good work, yeah, Lee. <laughs> I love that. No, right, I'll let you off with it. You know, it was a mistake, but don't try and pretend it was a bonus. <laughs> like, oh, actually, that probably helped the immune system. Just write that off as a, a bad thing that happened, but you're not being judged for it. But don't try and get praise for it. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will be back, as always, on Tuesday. See you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.